Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're going to talk about three types of pride God hates. So the first one, God hates pride because it is a hindrance to seeking him. It is the hindrance of seeking him. See, pride assaults the throne of God and asserts its independence in an attempt to dislodge God as the sovereign of the universe. See, pride speaks to us in the way that it tells us I am more important than anyone else and God. It's an attempt to kind of dethrone God as the sovereign of the universe. So it makes God, pride speaks to you in a way that tells you that it's all about me. It's all about my needs. Amen? So God cannot be king over your life if you're always leaning on your own understanding. So every day we have to practice. That's why the Bible tells us to die daily. It should be an everyday practice. It is hard out there. Right? Because that flesh always want to rise up and take over. How many have that takeover mentality? If it ain't getting done, I need to take over. Right? So sometimes when God's not moving in your life quick enough, I need to get it done. I need to get it done. That pride just rise up. Come on, you know you're good at this. You know, look, sometimes we feel like we have a better answer than God. We have a better solution than God. We think logically, like, like, I just make sense. Why don't I just do this? It makes more sense, right? Why do I have to wait for God? God, I got you. I got you. Right? It's like we want to help God out. As if he's too busy to answer our problems. See, if you may think it's the right solution, the right answer, but God always has a better plan. Yes, he, does. He, always ha- he always has a better plan. Read Job. When he told Job, where were you when I created the earth? Were you there when God created the earth? Did you give God, did you consult with God? Did he consult with you to tell you how to create this world? So sometimes we just feel like we have the better answer. It's almost like we, we take God out of the equation. And we rely on our independence. We rely on our own understanding. I don't know about you. I remember the days where I just relied on my own understanding. There was the emptiness in me. It was the emptiness. I didn't know what it was. 
I didn't know what was the missing link, but I lived life empty. I lived life empty. So Psalms 10.4 explains that the proud are so consumed with themselves that their, their thoughts are far from God. It says, in his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. It's so, no room for God. That means you live life, you live an overcrowded life, but feeling empty. Overcrowded with the cares of life. Overcrowded with the cares of life, but but feeling empty inside. That was my life. The cares of, of life became the focus, but I walked around with this empty feeling. And then, then you get involved into negative behaviors to try to fulfill that empty feeling that you have inside of us. See, we as humans, we like to feel comforted. We, we love, we crave peace. We crave attention. So by, by nature, we're going to go and seek those things. So it's amazing. So it's just like, so when you, when, you, when you have the cares of life, the cares of life become the focus. You're far from God. That's where that empty feeling comes in. You feel like you're so far away from God. Amen. Because the cares of life becomes the focus. So many of us have a tremendous call on our life. The seeds of greatness is inside of you, but what happens is the cares of life begins to choke out that seed. Because what you give your attention to the most is what you become. So the cares of life begins to choke out the seed. Amen? And it's always a war internally, fighting for, God, for the, your attention. God is, I want you to know God is after you. Amen. He won't leave you alone until he gets your attention. But the enemy is after you as well. He's fighting for you as well. Who are you going to give your attention to? Because what the enemy does, he throws all the cares of life at you so you can focus on those things. And God is just standing here just waiting, waiting for you to come to him. I got a better answer for you, have a better solution for you, but I just need you to come. See, the cares of life sometimes, right, can, can draw, draw you further from God, but the cares of life also God can use to... Enemy doesn't want us to hear this right now. He doesn't want us to hear this because he know what got him kicked out of heaven. Amen. Pride is not going to stop us from being the people that God called us to be. 
Are we going to deal with some stuff today? Welcome to Calvary Life. We deal with. Than the cares of life. Amen. There we go. Amen. Praise you are all right. Come on. Give Sam a round of applause. We are, we are with you, brother. So it's the care. So sometimes every things are just life is too crowded for God to do anything. And you're like, amen. It's, you don't have room for a fresh touch. Because you're dealing with old things. There's no room for God. You know, in the, in the Gospels where, where the four men carry the, the guy that couldn't walk, the guy that was really sick, and, and they, they were carrying him in, in the house. The house was crowded. It was too crowded, so they went to the roof, and they pulled up the, uh, the, the, the roof to, just to try to get to Jesus. I have that image in my head. That's what, that's what God's trying to do with you. He's trying to do whatever he's, he's trying to come into your home. He's trying to change things. He, he, he said he can't come in the front door. He can't come in the back door. He can't come in the windows. So he came up to the roof because it was so crowded. Can you let him in? Is there room for Jesus to do a work in your life? Is there room enough for him? Is there room enough for him? He's coming to resolve the cares of life. Amen? Is there room for him? He says, I'm trying to get depression out of your home. Is there any room for me? I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you a breakthrough that you've been praying about. Is there any room for me? I'm trying, I'm trying to give you a, a solution, an answer to your problem. Is there any room for me? And sometimes we have to, not sometimes, all the time, we have to bring the cares of life to the altar and say, God, 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 these cares of life is not more important than you. They're not bigger than you. I know, I know, I know that you will give me a solution for this problem. They're not bigger than you. Amen. We serve a big God who loves you. Who loves you? Don't let the cares of life be the focus. Because the cares of life can be exhausting. Right? Don't be moved by exhausted emotions. Are you with me? When you are tired, you can't trust how you feel. I can't. I cannot, if, when I'm tired, I'm like the worst person to be around. 
I don't try to make decisions when I'm tired. Why? Because I'm too tired. I don't think clearly enough. Everything is foggy, right? My focus is on the cares of life. My focus is on the situation and not on God. Come on. Amen? Amen? So, so exhausted emotions. Be careful. Be careful because how you feel gives you false signals. Watch out for quick fixes for unexpected problems. When you are exhausted, you always look for the quick fix. God has a better one. God has a better plan for your life. Amen? So we like to take care of things right away. Be careful for the quick fix in your life. That's good. Come on, I'm preaching. Am, 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 am I preaching a little bit? Are we, are we doing all right? You still love me? So I can keep going? Come, we're going to deal with this pride thing, right? This pride thing that wants to take over our lives because it's pride, right? Pride always want to be in charge. That's our flesh, always want to be in charge. And the enemy loves it, right? He gives things to your flesh to entice you so your, so your flesh will rise up and be like, I'm in charge. I'm tired of my flesh. Don't you wake up some days and be like, I'm tired of you. <laughs> Don't think, I know I'm not the only one that talked to myself. <laughs> you might think I'm a little, huh, but I'm really talking to my flesh. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual battle. The spirit man rises up just like the, the, uh, the fleshly man rise up, and they're just talking to each other. You're like, I'm going to be the person that God called me to be. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm going to do something today that will get in the way of that. It's an internal war all the time. Which one is going to have the victory? God hates Pride. God hates pride because it is a hindrance to seeking him. That's the first one. The second one, God hates pride because it is a form of godliness. Yeah. Second Timothy, Timothy 3 says in verse 1, but know this that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, uh, despairers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than, than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Wow. And, and from such people turn away, for, for, for of this sort are those who creep into the households and make captives, captives a gullible woman loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So a form 
of godliness is when the truth, when you know the truth, but you don't receive it. Wow. It's when you know the, know the truth, but you don't receive it. See, pride is a receiving issue. Pride is a receiving issue because you know the truth, but you don't receive it. Receive it. it says, in verse 5 says, a form of godliness, but deny its power. It's when we know who God is, but we deny his power. Or we know who God is, but we deny the truth. Is anyone with me right now? See, pride doesn't just tell lies. It is a lie. It is a lie. See, Satan is the father of lies. Pride is the mother of lies. Because it produces more lies in our life. So you know the garden, the story of the garden, Adam and Eve, right? So Satan whispered a lie to Adam and Eve, or to Eve, and then, and then they lived a lie, and then multiple sins was birthed out of that. So pride gives birth to, to different things. Uh, Pastor Yolanda and Pastor Pete just alluded to it earlier that she talked about God has not given us, has not given us the spirit of fear, the spirit of fear. And I, and, I, and I started to, to, to meditate on that. And just over the years of my life, when, when experiencing that spirit of fear, and God revealed to me that spirit came from pride. That spirit of fear came from pride. I did not know pride and fear was related. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, pride is the lie you believe, and fear is the symptom. So my dog, Jackson, right? My dog, Jackson, he can be very stubborn at times, very prideful, very prideful. He is, he really is. But he's scary at the same time. He is, he's a scared dog at the same time, right? Like scared of everything. I, for the like, like, no, no lie, I kid you not. If you turn, I put a new faucet in my sink. So he doesn't like it, he runs. I turn it on, he runs. He doesn't like it. So as soon as we let him in, in the back, right? And as soon as he, if he sees me go to the kitchen, right? It happens to you as well. Goes in the kitchen to the sink, he runs upstairs. I said, what the heck? Right? But at the same time, if you say, Jackson, sit down, he goes. Jackson, sit down. You know you hear me. <laughs> but he's scared at the same time, right? It's like, why? I don't, I don't know how this is. So it's when you don't receive the direction be, because, because you're always anticipating the worst. So it's pride is when you don't receive the direction from God because you're always anticipating the worst. That's pride in a symptom of, of fear. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what the Lord revealed to me. So pride is a throne of a lie you sit on. Ooh, wow. 
Pride is a throne of a lie that you sit on. So it's the lies that we believe in, right? And especially when it comes to who God is. I've been meditating on this a lot lately. It's, I don't know. It's, I, I really feel like these are an important question. This is an important question that Jesus asked Peter. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago. Peter asked, I mean, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? I, 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 it changed my life. I've read it maybe a thousand times, but it just hit home to me because sometimes it's going to be times in your life this question will be asked to you at times directly, but indirectly. Like times of trouble, who do you say God is? Who do you say God is? Is he your savior? Is he your father? Is he the beginning, beginner and the finisher? Is he your Jesus at the beginning of your trial? And is he the uh, Jesus at the end of your child, uh, trial? Is he your father at the beginning and the end? Is, is, he, is he really the perfecter of your faith? Is he really that? During your, your hardest times in your life, especially when you have to make decisions. Who is he to you? Who is he to you? Or otherwise, you will sit on your throne of a lie. When things don't go your way, say, God, what about me? You haven't blessed me. The enemy will tell you that God isn't real. And you, and you start contemplating, hmm. Well, I know he hasn't been showing up in my life. Is he really real? I mean, just look at everything that I'm going through right now. Look at what my family is going through. I'm broke. Is he, is he really real? Like, I know what the Bible says. Is he really real? Is he really real? Those are the times. Those are the times we get challenged the most. Who is he in your life? It's when we start questioning things that's going on in our life. Are you with me? So then we start having insecure thoughts. Right? So whenever you sit in the seat of pride, you will never feel secure. Why? Because it's not secured. <laughs> Only the seat that you're designed to sit on, which we learned last week, the sonship seat. That's the only place that you will be secure. Can we stop playing musical chairs? And just remain in the right seat. Amen. Sometimes I know when God doesn't show up, it's because he's trying to provoke you to seek him more. 
Stop playing musical chairs with God and just remain in your seat. Your seat, your sonship, you're a son and you're a daughter. So there's, there's, you have an inheritance. Can you just wait for your inheritance? Don't give up your inheritance for a bowl of soup. For temporary problems. Don't give up your inheritance for a temporary problem. Remain in your seat. The the problem that we have with Christians, that's why we don't experience breakthrough, because we take the the first available seat. (laughs) Sit in your seat. Stay in your seat. Stay in your seat. God's trying to teach us patience. Stay in your seat. Don't get up. Don't get up. Don't get up. Amen. Don't get up. It's, It's important. It's important that you stay in your seat. God has a purpose in your life. Sometimes it takes time. Come on. Pride wants you to God to speed up the process. Come on. Come on, God. Like, come on. I've been waiting for a long time. God said, No, you haven't. Because I don't operate in time. Because that's that's a lie right there. That's pride's telling you that lie. See, sitting in a seat of pride, right? It's hard, for whatever reason, it's hard for Christians to ask for help. It's a long, pride is a lonely place to be. Because you feel all by yourself. You feel all alone. You don't ask people for help. Amen? So we have a receiving problem. We won't receive help. Amen? God is saying to some, some people here, I want to encourage you that you, God, watch you give. 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 For years, you are a gift. I love this church because we, we're, we have a giving church. But God's saying that this is, now I'm going to teach you how to receive. Because we have a receiving problem. We won't receive help. Amen. We, we have a hard time receiving advice. Amen. Receive. So the first, our pastoral team, what we do when we raise someone up, right, into, into any leadership position. So the first test that we, we give them is just to see how they receive. Like, so sometimes we have to correct people in love. And so we want to know how they receive, right? Some feedback, some encouragement, some things to get better, right? Sometimes when, when, when we have to correct someone, and we notice some people in their chairs, they're like, <laughs> right? I notice right away that they have a receiving problem. They have a receiving. You can't receive correction. See, God will always send you the right person. And some of that right person will catapult you into your next um, call into your, your destination. Amen. Some, some, God will send you the right person Amen. that will launch you in to what, what he's calling you to do. But you have to learn how to receive. Yes. You have to learn how to receive. Yes. See, our problem is, but my wife talked about mentorship. Some, well, we have a hard time receiving mentorship. Yes. Like we say, we say, well, I can hear from God too. I know you can. I know you can. But do you hear from God all the time? God 
God does use people. Like it's not old, it's not dead. God used pastors and mentors. Like he does. He give you, he give leaders what to say, what to see. We'll notice other blind, we'll notice blind spots in your life. You, you won't see it. God's not going to give you everything. <laughs> He's not going to tell you everything. Oh, that might be for another message. So we have to identify this blind spot of pride, right? It's dangerous. It can hurt others and it can hurt ourselves. I believe that this is very important for the church. I believe this hinders the church from growing, church in general from growing. It's pride. It hinders because a lot of leaders a lot of leaders will not admit that they're wrong. And it offends people. It offends people. That's pride. Like, how do you not admit that you're wrong? It's liberating for me. It takes a lot of pressure off me. When someone, uh, when I, when someone asks me a question and I can say to them, I don't know. Or, or, or it's liberating for me when I go and tell someone, you know what? I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's liberating. But did we watch people leave the church offended. All we had to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And the church is dying because of pride. It's hard to love when you're walking in pride. Because pride tells you that you don't deserve my love. You still love me? (laughs) We hurt people. That's why the church is dying. Because of pride. Because we dislodge God from being the sovereign of the universe. Some places you go, God ain't there. Pride. We need to deal with this spirit. Pride. We need to deal with this spirit. See, pride, God and pride is like oil and water. It don't mix. It don't mix. Pride is dogmatic. It is antagonism to God, and God is absolute in his opposition to pride. The creator never has and never will uh, compromise with pride. It will not compromise with pride. I have a little slide up here. Humility versus pride. See, humility is a virtue. Pride is not. Humility comes when people are secure. Pride comes when they are insecure. A humble leader is a confident leader, knowing who they are and what they do. A prideful leader is an overconfident leader, trying to convince other people that they are good enough to be doing what they are doing. If you have to say it... (laughs) Come on, say with me. Gotta say it. <laughs> gotta say it. 
You're not confident. <laughs> Humility is strength. Pride is weakness. The most humble people never have to prove themselves or hide something. The most prideful people you meet are always proving themselves and hiding something. Because it's pride. A humble person understands himself or herself realistically knowing what they can do well versus what they cannot do well. Humble people are not afraid to take constructive criticism or counsel, nor do they feel the need to take credit when it is due elsewhere. But a prideful person, however, hasn't taken the time to truly know themselves. The pride in them makes them what, want to become someone else and blame others when weaknesses appear. Humble, humble people are responsive to their people, themselves, and others, asking what they can do to improve and respecting others by default. Proud people are resistant and view everyone else as the problem. It's why the church is dying. Everyone else is the problem except for the leaders. Humble people understand their dependence of, on friends, family, and colleagues, and, and then they lean into their support for the good of the whole. Proud people put themselves first and always pursue their own agenda, even at the expense of others. God hates Pride. God hates pride. The third thing, the third reason why God hates pride. We're almost done. God hates pride because it destroys us. The Bible says that, that pride comes before destruction. Pride comes before the fall. But in between the pride and a destruction, there's always an invitation to humble yourself. Like God will always give you a way out because it's about his grace. There's always an invitation between pride and the fall. But we have to receive the invitation. God told Moses, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Pharaoh didn't accept the invitation. So then came the destruction. Pride was the thing that held them captive held the Israelites captive. But the fall, because he denied the invitation to humble himself. Are you with me? So I was thinking about this, meditating on this, 
And the Lord was telling me, we need to identify with Pharaoh. And you're like, what? Really? We need to identify with Pharaoh. How many of us here today have not, have not let people go who offended us? God is saying to us, let my people go. Let my people go. There's an invitation to let people go. It's an invitation to humble ourselves by letting people go. Is anyone here with me? Yes. He says to let my people go. There's two ways we can humble ourselves. There's two ways we can humble ourselves, right? Obedience or pain? That's what happened to Pharaoh. He chose pain. He didn't, he didn't obey God's instructions. He, didn't, he denied God's invitation. Let's not deny God's invitation to humble ourselves. God's saying that let my people go. We hold on to the people that offended us. Why haven't we let them go? See, we can never outgive God. We can never outgive God. I prove it to you. How many times did God tell us, how many times did Jesus tell us to forgive someone? 70 times 70, right? What number are you at? What number are you at right now to the people that offended you? God's telling you to forgive them. What, what, what number are you at? Wow. Wow. I had that marinate a little bit. What number? We can never outgive God. So we must accept the invitation today. See, Humility is a matter of the heart and the product of, of a mind that does not seek its own ends, while forgiveness is an action born out of those things. A humble person will always forgive, while a proud person wouldn't be forgiving or even seek such a thing in and of itself. A humble person will always forgive. See, sometimes it's hard for us to, to forgive. It's because we don't receive forgiveness. God's forgiven you. Or maybe we haven't received that forgiveness because we haven't brought the thing to God. We have a receiving issue. Pride is a receiving issue. Amen? So we must deal with the spirit of pride. See, the act of, of forgiveness requires a release of anger, pain, hurt, feelings, resentment, which is to say you are required to surrender those feelings so that they, lost, they, they lose its power Amen. over you. 
so we forgive so it can lose the power over you. Let my people go, the Lord is saying. So we need to own it, turn away from it, and seek his ways. We need to own it, our pride, turn away from it, and seek his ways. Last week, Pastor Pete talked about the sonship seat. And he talked about the seat of an orphan. So an orphan spirit sits in the seat of pride, but a son and daughter sits in the seat of humility. When we are prideful, it blocks God. from doing the work in our lives. But a humble heart, it says in the Bible, that it receives God's grace over our lives. So can you imagine what the heavens are hearing when we're sitting in a seat of pride, seeking God, and, or sitting in a seat of humility? This is what it sounds like to heaven. I am the prideful one. He's the humble one. (laughs) God, I think you forgot about me. I'm watching everyone else get blessed. Why haven't you blessed me? Father, I just thank you for who you are towards me. I thank you, God, that you see me and that you love me, Lord, and that you are for me and not against me. God, I think you need to change the heart of people, Lord, because they, they, don't, they don't like me because of my anointing, God. Change, change. Lord, I, Lord I, don't, I don't know why you're asking me to forgive them. You know what they did to me. Change their hearts right now, God. Change their hearts right now, Lord God. Come on. They don't recognize the anointing that you place inside of me, God. Oh, God, change their hearts. <laughs> Father, I just, I just, uh, I pray for, uh, the, the person who offended me, Lord, and I pray, God, that you would heal them and touch them, God, and I pray that you would just search my heart, show me the areas in me that need to change, Lord. I pray, God, that you would search me and make me clean, deal with the pride in my spirit, Lord. Help me to resemble you well, God, and to show people love. I need you, Jesus. God, <laughs> where are you? God, I was at church today, and no one noticed me. Help them open up their eyes, God. This is a dead church, Lord God. God, don't don't they know who I am? 
God, you sent me here to save them, Lord God. Oh, God, when I preach today, oh, Lord. Oh, the, I know the heavens shook, God. Oh, God, they didn't, they, they don't, they're not used to a person like me. A person like me, this caliber, this anointing that I have in me, God. Thank you, God. Yes, God. Thank you, God. They need to appreciate me, God. You done? I am not done. Wait your turn. Be careful. Don't touch the anointed. Yes, God. Yes. Look at me. You can't. I'm too anointed. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, I thank you, God, that you, um, you're God, you are good. You are good all the time, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in my church, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in my pastor, Lord. I pray that you would bless him and bless yes, his family, Lord. God. I pray that you would enlarge the leadership of my church, God. I pray that you would bless and protect their families, Lord. And Father, I pray you'd show me where I can serve you best. God, where I can resemble your, uh, your glory in the church, Lord. I pray that you would show me where I can be a love and a light to the people around me, God, both at my job, Lord, and at my church. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that when they see me, they would see you, Lord. They wouldn't see me, my gifting, my ability, my talent, mm. but they would see you, your grace, your love, Lord, that you would have your way through me, Lord God, and use me to build your kingdom. I pray your kingdom come, your will be done through my life as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. Come on. Humility happily defers in love. God, how can I honor you above myself? How can I honor you above myself? We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.